Good morning, students, and welcome to the podcast formerly known as, well, here we are again, and now known as Boo. This is a, or in the words of Mr. Virgin, just, uh, how do you say it? Podcast? No, you, Boo, you say boo. it. Oh, um, I don't know, I usually just write Boo because their papers are crap. Yeah, well, um. They're not all crap. Okay, well, then we're not talking about the papers. Oh. We are here boo? with a... Boo. I say boo because of, of Patrick from Spongebob. Boo! <laughs> you know that episode? <laughs> yes, I do. We are here with our special Halloween edition of the podcast, and we also have a special guest. Uh, this is Miss Kaylee Shackelford. Hello! Um, today we have a myriad of questions. We also have some scary stories for you all. Um, so we're going to hit up uh, Saul and the Necromancer, Belle and the Dragon... Um, the questions include, aren't there dragons and ghosts and mermaids and stuff in the Bible? Lots definitely, of stuff. Definitely All stuff, stuff. So much stuff. Yeah. What are biblically important numbers and what do they mean? Six, six, six. Six, six, six. Five. Five? <laughs> <laughs> uh, was Jonah's whale real? Because, you know. And maybe we'll get to relate Draco Malfoy to the Bible, but maybe we won't, so... We'll see. Maybe we should. The whole Harry Potter series can I know, be related yeah, to the Bible. Yeah. 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 Mr. On. Macaulay wanted to be here for that, though. Yeah. Oh, I'll be a part of it. Um, oh, you're invited for sure. Thank you. So, first yes, off, um, <laughs> scary stories from the Bible. Uh, so, King Saul, he came before King David, and he did an okay job, and then he started to do a really bad job, and this is one of the ways that he did a bad job. Things so he's, you shouldn't do in life. I know. He's scared of the Philistine army. They were big they've, and strong. They've already outlawed witchcraft in Israel. Um, <laughs> uh, but he tells his servant, Seek out for me a woman who is a medium or a sorcerer, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there's a medium at Endor, which I think is also the moon that has Ewoks on it in Star Wars. It is, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think they got that from this. Anyway. That's fun. So Saul disguised himself and put on other garments and went, he and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, Divine for me by a spirit, and bring up for me whoever I shall name to you. The woman said to him, Surely you know what King Saul has done, how he's cut off the mediums and the necromancers from the land. Why then are you laying a trap for my life to bring about my death? But Saul swore to her by the Lord, as the Lord lives, which is ironic, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, whom shall I bring up for you? He said, bring up Samuel for me. Samuel's is a dead prophet. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. <laughs> and the woman said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, do not be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a God coming up out of the earth. And he said to her, what is his appearance? And she said, an old man is coming up, and he's wrapped in a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he bowed with his face to the ground and paid homage. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? This is literally a ghost talking to him. So dope. Saul answered, I am in great distress, for the Philistines are warring against me, and God has turned away from me and answers me no more, either by prophets or by dreams. Therefore I have summoned you to tell me what I shall do. And Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since the Lord has turned from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done to you as he spoke by me, for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord and did not carry out 
his fierce wrath against Amalek. Therefore the Lord has done this thing to you. Moreover, the Lord will give Israel also with you into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons shall be with me. The Lord will give the army of Israel also into the hand of the Philistines. Then Saul fell at once, full length on the ground, filled with fear because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him. So that's pretty cool. Very. So spooky. Yes. Like a ghost of a prophet being like, tomorrow you will be with me. Yeah. Boo. Boo. <laughs> All right, Zach, your turn. One minute. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I thought I you wanted to do Bell and the Dragon. We can do Bell and the Dragon. Um, aren't there dragons and ghosts and mermaids and stuff in the Bible? Yeah, so we got the ghost part. Um, I'm going to go back to the dragon part. But to go back to the dragon part, you have to not be a Protestant. <laughs> Meaning you have to be Catholic or Greek Orthodox. Yep, because Bell and the Dragon, in non-Protestant uh, canons, so it's deuterocanonical or apocryphal, yep, um, you have this text which is entitled Bell and the Dragon. It's a, it's a, it's just a furthering of the book of Daniel, essentially, right? So, and you have this battle with a dragon. Um, if you want to read it, you can come to me and I can give it to you. But Bell uh, is there, and the, the god that we, we discussed a bit there uh, in Kings. It tells of, of Daniel, this Jewish hero guy, who refuses to worship the god Baal, and uh, because you shouldn't do that if you're a good Jewish hero guy. At the time, he's not Jewish, he's still just, you know, a random Hebrew guy. Sorry, so. Um, and anyway, or in any event, um, he does in fact refuse to worship Baal and then kills a dragon because there's a dragon there and he's gonna get eaten by the dragon. Um, and then he's thrown into a den with lions. So there's your stuff. Oh, so the dragon part happens before the den of lions? In the Baal and the in dragon. In the Apocrypha? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait, he slays the dragon? Slays you, the dragon. You go into way too much detail about him being like not a Jew and a Hebrew and no detail about the dragon thing. Oh, there's a dragon. So the timeline, yep. dragons before den. Yeah, correct. Interesting. Once the dragon didn't take, they gave him to the lions. So what type of literature is that book? Is it, Are we supposed to take it literally, or is it? what type of literature is it? Fan fiction? Because <laughs> it's in the Apocrypha. Yeah. Yep. The Protestants don't accept it in our canonization, but like, correct. what type of literature would, like, Catholics, if you will, is it to be taken literally, or is it... Oh, so like how would Catholics uh, yeah, view yeah. it? Correct, because yeah. like the Den of Lions, that's legit. That's not that's a parable. Right. That's that's real. Yeah, no, no one actually thinks that there is a dragon uh, in this in the mythical medieval sense. Dragon, scaly creature, gonna blow fire on you and roast you right. like a little marshmallow. Like the dragon from Shrek. Correct, not like that. Okay. Or. Nor or Nor Harry Norbert. Potter. Is it Norbert? Yeah. Yeah, no, from Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. Norbert. Yeah. Norbert. Or. Uh, uh, From the Triwizard Tournament, where he has to fight correct, dragons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, or the Mary unnamed horn do, do, uh, horn tail. Horn tail. Have yeah. you read the books? Oh my gosh. Um, or like the uh, the dragons in uh, Game of Thrones. Do they have names? I haven't been there or done that. Mm. No, me neither. Yes. So there's a dragon in The Witcher. That's fun. okay, that's but the Bible. So there is a dragon in the apocryphal text. Yep. Bell um, and the dragons in the title. There are no mermaids. Sorry, guys. Uh, there is a Leviathan, though, in, mentioned in Job. May or may not be metaphorical. It's like this giant sea creature. Mm -hmm. um, also the behemoth. Both, both 
giant, both probably mythical, but maybe not. Maybe just Wait, extinct. Wait, giant, there's, are you saying, are you talking about Goliath? Because Goliath was a giant. Oh, Goliath is a giant. No, I was talking about the creatures. You see the stuff? Oh, the creatures. The there's a, they talk about a dragon in Revelation, but... Oh, uh, yeah, that's more metaphorical. Right. Than so metaphorical. when you hear dragon, it's not Shrek. And by more metaphorical, I mean entirely Entirely metaphorical. Hey, we don't know it's not the end times yet, except it kind of is. Well, the end times started once Jesus ascended. It's true. So it is um, inaugurated inaugurated eschatology. What about eschatology? And I'm going for big words. Uh huh. I said inaugurated eschatology. Oh. Meaning that, like, the eschaton has already been inaugurated or, like, welcomed in. Right. Right about brought about you all know about inaugurations because we're in the middle of election season wow it's election day inaugurations in january yeah but they still know what it is um yeah so there's a dragon um (laughs) there's dragons and lions there's the holy ghost you hear that sometimes that's a ghost you hear holy spirit yeah but you also read holy ghost sometimes yeah so hey yeah do the do the greek for us numa oh i love numa or ruach. Yeah, in the Hebrew. I, what, what do you want me to do with it? Uh, define it. Spirit. Or? Wind. Breath. Breath, breath. wind. It has the connotation of being something that is there and yet not there. Right? It's intangible in the sense that you can't see it. Think of, And this is why you have the translation as wind, right? You can't actually see wind. You can see the results of wind, the, the mm-hmm. effect of wind. You, you can, can feel, feel wind. it. But you yourself cannot touch it, grab onto it. It's not anything that is, uh, you all like manifest. It's not manifesting in a sense that you can visibly acknowledge its presence by or laying eyes it. onto it. Yeah. You can't put it in a box or a jar like a ladybug right. or a lightning bug lightning or a crate. Mm-hmm. Or, or like the form. verse that says you can't, you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like what? Much like the jet stream. Correct. Anything else about your word? Which is also, isn't it the same word? Isn't it the same word for, like, the breath of life given to us? Yeah, so they use it. It's cool to, like, if you know that, like, when you see the word spirit or when you see wind, like, it's interesting to pause and think, like, could this, could you put breath there? Could you put, like, does it still make sense? And it's cool. Like, yeah, a lot of times, like, spirit, you could also put breath which would be like the breath of life which is super it's cool to read yeah um thinking that way and you even see that like i mean what's that song we sing we used to sing all the time in convo that's like it's your breath in our lungs yeah well he breathed life he into breathed us life so into therefore us. He, i mean he put his spirit i mean he used his spirit to yeah it's interesting to think about trinitarian theology course would be fun um <laughs> yeah um Kaylee. Yes? Was Jonah's whale or fish real? Yeah, can we... This is, I'm going to let you answer because it was tossed to you, but can we fix the question first? Or maybe you're going to do this anyway. You, you, you go. <laughs> was Jonah really swallowed by a fish? Is that probable? No. Well, I mean, like... <laughs> let sorry. her talk, man. Go ahead. No, I'll stop. Raise <laughs> the question correctly. Well, it, it's written as well the text doesn't say well it says fish mm-hmm. we have this weird 
corruption of it in Sunday school mm-hmm. studies. Mm-hmm. You study loosely. Um, that means it's a, a whale. I, I don't know what we do. I'm sorry. I'm not mentioning it. No, it's fine. Go ahead. Um, so, to me, this is one of those questions that's like an open-handed issue, if you will. Um, in that... So I'll give you my opinion, but with even if you take my opinion out, like I kind of don't think it matters one way or the other if it's literal or not, because I think God could very much do both, use both. Say it's metaphorical, God can use that. Say it's literal, I think that's very, very possible and feasible for God to do. Because the biggest miracle ever in existence is Genesis 1-1. He created the heavens and the earth. That's like the biggest miracle ever. If that's possible, then anything else in the Bible is possible to take be taken um, as like a miracle that can happen. So I I take it as, yeah, sure, he's swallowed by a fish. I can take that literally. That doesn't make me flinch. I don't. That doesn't faze me. Um, some people really struggle with that. But if Genesis 1-1 is real, then sure, he can get swallowed up by a fish. Um, also, if you research it, three other people have been swallowed by a fish and lived to tell the tale. Um, so it's not, yes, it's very rare, but is it possible? Yeah, there's other people. Look it up. Is this like in recent history or? In recent time where you can like see it on the internet. Like there's pictures of these people? I don't know if there's pictures. I haven't seen pictures. I, I just, just read their names and like there's like that, yeah, their tale of what happened. It's not, like, from Homer. It's, like, from <clears throat> No, no, this is, like, yeah. Breaking news. Bob down the street. He popped up out of a fish. It's that kind of news. <laughs> <laughs> but more legit than that. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it was, a, it was a minute ago, but it happened. That's right. Wow. Um, That's so, for me, it doesn't make me flinch to think that God could so do this. Um, and bring Jonah to a place of desperation um and and helped guide him in the most mis- m- weird way um it's very a lot of mystery in it but it doesn't make me flinch i think god can do it what do y'all think oh i definitely the, the way that jonah reads it doesn't i don't know what would be accomplished by being a metaphor i know <laughs> like like what else happened to him on the street you know like what was that a metaphor for for, right. And why on earth would you choose that as a metaphor? That's, like, insane. Yeah. Um, I've seen some big fish in my time. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't be literal. Yeah. Uh, I'm very okay saying, no, this cannot be literal because it's, abs- it's absurd. This isn't one of those things. It, it it's, makes sense. It seems like it... it the the whole story and the validity of God at work kind of hinges upon this like ridiculously crazy event. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it had to be God. And that it had like, to if be it, God. Because yeah, like Nineveh was the worst. Right. But it also I feel like a lot of times if something makes sense to us then we can humanize it and make it due to man. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So like if it is insane then a lot of times that pushes us over the edge where we have to accept the fact, well, dang, that had God all over it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I can't make sense of it on my own. Right. I can't and logic my way through it. The kids, like you guys, you students, you guys, I'm talking to the phone right now. Like, 
a lot of the scenarios that we've discussed in class, you say like, well, was that God or was that just people in power trying to get their way? And I think that's a valid question to be asked, but not when someone gets swallowed by a fish. Like, and not when like fire falls down from heaven onto a pyre that's soaking wet. Mm-hmm. So like... <laughs> But he's cool, though, because, like, he he's possible of all of those things, but then, like, he was, like, he was most seen in The Whisper. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Did we read that? They read that, right? Do, you want, um, do the students know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, Elijah on the Mountain. Yeah. We're, like, I mean, yeah, all of that. Or, like, like yes, right now. he was most seen in The Whisper. So, like, it just it shows how cool God is. Or right now we're reading Esther, where he's, like, totally unnamed, and we also see him. Yeah. Well, I see him. You guys, you might see him. We'll see. Um, so, yeah. Okay, last question before maybe the Draco Malfoy bonus question. Uh, <laughs> what are biblically important numbers, and what do they mean? Six, 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 six. Six, 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 yes. I already, I mean, I already answered this in class. I think that authors build on other authors' works. That's literature. That's what makes it beautiful. So, like, it's people, like, reusing the same numbers to, like, add layers and depth of meaning to them. Um, but I think God uses, I mean, you think of 12. 12 disciples get 12 stones and build a monument to remember this event. Well, because the, the 12 tribes. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's the 12 thrones around the, like, in the throne room representing all the tribes. Like, yep. You got a lot of 12s. Yeah, and I'm not saying God didn't start it, because obviously he started it with the 12 mm-hmm. tribes. But it's like, clearly the 12 disciples were chosen, and there are 12 of them, mm-hmm. because there were already 12 tribes. So then it's like, is 12 a magical number? No. No. Nah. No. But it is a number that, like, when we see it show up again, we know it goes all the way back to... Right. It's meant to make me remember history. Yeah. It's meant to make you remember the original 12 tribes and the 12, like, mm-hmm. whatever, in the, around the throne mm-hmm. and the disciples in the middle. And there's, like, this whole sort of legacy mm-hmm. that it brings what about up. seven? What do you think about seven? I'm not a fan. <laughs> Don't you? I mean, I feel like we... Everybody's like, oh, that's the number of completion. I'm like, where? I don't know. Where do we get I that? I like 13. I like 13, my, too. It was my soccer number. It's a baker's dozen. Yeah. I Wait, mean, that's not... But you go to a hotel, and they may not even have level 13. That's true. They just skip right on over. It's 14. Level 14. It's yeah. Oh, next Friday, Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th is coming yeah. up next. You like this? that. It's Isn't my that favorite this Friday? Friday? No, not this one, but the next one. Oh. This one is the 6th. I think. I was looking through my agenda waiting to see how long until Thanksgiving break. I think the 13th is, yeah, next week. Um, I don't know. Seven's not, like, in the Bible a ton. Sounds lame. Three? Three? Three. If you're dead for three days, then you're, like, dead, dead. Yeah. Also, (laughs) the Trinity, which has nothing to do with three days, really. But Jesus was dead, dead. Jesus was dead, dead. Because he was down for three days, and then... He raised up. And Lazarus dead, was dead. also dead dead? Lazarus? How long was he in there? Well, Jesus had to walk there. Yeah. Was he dead three days? He also I think he was dead three days because wasn't he, he was like kind of, wasn't he was the last miracle Jesus did before. The big one. Um, well, but that's in John. You can't really trust the chronology of Jesus. Trust the chronology? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> 
Whoa! We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Y'all can see Mr. Virgin's face. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I, uh, We've uh, talked about this. I did, have we? The things I never thought I would hear her say. <laughs> you can't trust the chronology. Oh my gosh. I'm teaching John. I have to be prepared. Dude, never mind. Um... So, moving on. So, three, the Trinity. Yeah, I think he, it was there because he was, he tarried for a bit before he left. Two uh-huh. days. Yeah. I'm reading it right now, sorry. I love that Jesus cried. Yeah. Even though I knew what he was going to do. He knew he was going to go raise him from the dead, but he cried. I love that. Yeah. Dibs on that next convo. We'll do it together. Okay. Okay. Go team. We can act it out. Sweep um, take it. 40. What about 40? That's a biblical number. Yeah, 40 days, 40 nights, 400 years. Oh, Lazarus was dead for four days. Oh, he was dead than dead. Super dead. Yeah. Um, wow. It's about the time you begin to... Well, never mind. Was well, it the... that in the text. Yeah. You know when um, Moses yeah. led the people out of Egypt? The trip should have only taken about 40 days. And it took 40 years. It took 40 years. years. <laughs> so there's some good 40s. That's what happens, children, when you make golden calves. That's what happens when you focus on self and not the Lord. You take extra long time to get where you're meant to go. Ooh. That's good. Hmm. should make that a poster. (laughs) 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 Um, And then, of course, Jesus, 40 days in the wilderness, being tempted by the devil. Yeah. Which, maybe that's, like, maybe there's a parallel there. Like, it only took Jesus 40 days like it should have. Hmm. You know? I haven't thought about it that way. Maybe that's a reach. No, I've... Um, I mean, it's still, they were out, he was, the Israelites had to go through the wilderness, Jesus was in the wilderness. I think that's a pretty interesting parallel to think about. Oh, you could do he so much. He did it much, perfectly, right? Yeah, you could do so much with, like, so Jesus reliving, Jesus reliving Israel's history perfectly. Yeah, I know. In, like, really a mini fun. version. Biblical theology, man. Oh, we'll get there. Mm. Um, all right, 666, what's that, what's the deal with that? The um, Antichrist. There's, yeah, I don't know. This is where we start to get into different... Gematria crap. Did you just do the Antichrist in like a Russian accent because of Nikolai Carpathia? I didn't. I, I don't want to specify that as Russian. I just do a weird <laughs> accent sometimes. <laughs> it's more like influenced by Despicable Me. Okay, okay. I'm going to leave it with that. Don't worry, guys. The Antichrist can come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Watch out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got weird. Um, what, what were we doing? Why is 666 such a thing? I don't know, because people are weird and latch on to weird things, right? So do we know what gematria is? Do they know? Do I know? No, I don't know. It's the whole numerology junk where you're trying to... So literally within... I the, that the, was Kabbalah. No. Uh, okay. It's literally within, like, you assign a number to a letter, right? So, oh. And then that letter is representative of a number. So you have different... Even in Pompeii, you have different... Um, graffito on different parts of of walls and things that uh, are saying essentially I'm in love with some number and you would have to then reasonably assume that the individual would know their number is is to know then that I am being talked about here in this this, this spray paint Um, but it's not spray paint it was because it was Pompeii that's why it was funny Um, but See, if I explain it, <laughs> nope. I'm just anyway, marveling at your dorkiness. I uh, it, but I don't know. 
allegedly Nero, and you can do some fancy finagling, Nero's number is 666, so in Revelation when uh, John is talking about the, the mark of the, the beast and all that, it's supposed to be maybe representative of Nero or maybe of Rome. By I, comparing I, us to know what type of evil he's talking about? Do you like to give us an example? Of no, I, no, I, I think it's just whoever... No, he probably thinks it's actually Nero. Yeah, I, I think uh. that within this particular... Because Nero, fun fact, um, used to dine... And can I say this? Can I tell him this? Or is this going to get real dark real quick? I'm assuming I'm you're going to say it anyway, because I don't know... Yeah, so he this. used to allegedly would dine in his garden, but as, um, like... Uh, by candlelight, except the candles weren't candles, they were oh, yes, 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 Christians on... Um, yeah. Yeah. They were burning. Stakes who yeah. were burning. Yeah. Um, and so this is probably a legend, um, but he didn't like Christians, to be clear. Right. Um, and, and I don't know. He, he was grotesque. Yeah, he's a weird dude. But kind of circling back to how you, I mean, you brought this up at the beginning, in that we're already in the end times. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea of this, like, one antichrist person, um, there's not a there's not a ton of people that like actually really believe that. I think it's more, um, you see more people like tracing various antichrists, and that's what you see in the New Testament, is that there are like many people who sort of rise up against God. Mm-hmm. Um, so like some would argue that like, you know, Hitler is a recapitulation of Nero, and that there's like sort of always these world leaders coming into power who are standing up against God and against goodness and against Christians um, or Jews. So like Nero as an archetype for the Antichrist rather than Nero as the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. I've heard people say like "There's there's a possible Antichrist in every generation because the devil doesn't know when Jesus is coming back. So he has to be have one ready. Hmm. I'm like, heard people say that, but like, honestly, I just don't really care. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's so not important. It's just like, why would I spend time trying to figure out the devil's workings when one I've already got victory in Jesus's working? Yeah. And the devil I know is not going to win, and he's dumb. Like he he doesn't even know when Jesus is coming back. Like. He's scrambling, trying to know, like, and trying to plan ahead. But screw that. Like, I don't really need to know who the Antichrist is and spend time trying to figure that stuff out when I have freedom in Jesus and I can live without worrying about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't affect my salvation. Yeah. I think that's a good word for, like, a a lot of these questions. Like, we, we kind of, no offense, guys, we kind of picked them because... They're just fun, and they don't really matter. Ooh, silly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Typically, we try to spend a lot of time on a question that does matter, and these are just ridiculous. <laughs> they are, but they're fun sillies. They're like things that, like, yeah, it's fun I mean, to think yeah, about, but it's not. But like, yeah. yeah, as soon as you start to take it too seriously, these types of questions, or yourself too seriously, you run the risk of missing the whole point. Yeah, and that's what my issue with the whole notion of gematria is that you have these folks who even today still try to go back in and uh, pull out names or, or events and having assigned the numbers and try to make that somehow relevant to this particular what year and time. time and it's hmm? what a waste of time yeah it's just absolutely absurd yeah uh, yeah the, the notion that 
somehow there's some secret code in Scripture that you need to cipher by having figured out the number of the letter. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, friends, we are... We're at our longest podcast yet. Right. Um, so we're going to save Draco Malfoy for never. Um, but as we, uh, as we wrap things up, we want to finish with a word from our sponsor. Oh, yes. Everyone, get out your Sky Mall magazines or your Target catalogs because you have the best new cup coming right at you. It is called the Heating Hinton. Thank you, Miss Hinton, for your idea. We're going to take this to Shark Tank soon. So, you know how your travel mugs, they're really handy. They keep things hot or they keep them cold. However, your poor little paws are so cold holding them on the outside. You want to hold that mug because it's warm, makes your heart warm. But a travel mug doesn't do that for you. So this mug, dun, 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 you can have hot in there, you can have cold in there. But you push the button and the outside will heat your hands. How fantastic is that? So check it out. Google it. Sky mall it. Target, catalog it. It's coming at you. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should stay. We're going to keep you. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> yep. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Bye.